good Tuesday new afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Great Quarter Gals. My name is Kaylee Nix, here with my lovely and blue-haired co-host, Grace Sharkey. Grace, great to be back with you again. I don't think you had blue hair last week when we were on the show, so let's dig right into it. No, you did have, you did have your blue hair. You had it. I think so. I think you're, yeah, you're right, because I did last Tuesday. So, yeah, it, this is the first time I got to put it on air. <laughs> it was it was blue right before you headed to Mid-America Trucking Show, and so that was all last week. And you partnered with St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. I remember talking about that. How was it received at the conference? How much money did you guys end up donating? I want to know it all. <laughs> I don't know the total that they ended up getting because they did hold a really huge event with C.H. Robinson. So for every dollar beer they sold, that dollar went to St. Christopher's. I did stop by their booth. It was great meeting Shannon in person. Um, she, she actually went the opposite of blue. She went blonder than the last time <laughs> I, I talked to her. So um, that was really fun. It was just great to see. They actually got a, a couple of huge sponsors while they were at the event. So they celebrating that um i put in for a couple of their raffles like i always do and uh, it was just great you know seeing them and a couple other interesting trucking charity companies or groups as well so uh, it was a really good time and i was glad i got to to spend some time with them directly i loved the freight waves representation that we had at matt's last week we had you we had john kingston we had clarissa haas and all three of you guys were so great to be there because you kind of touch different pieces of trucking. Everybody does. And so it was really interesting to see what all three of you got out of the conference. But one of those really central themes, of course, that everybody's talking about is the driver problem. Are we in a true driver shortage? How are we hiring and retaining drivers? What do our recruiting strategies look like? And that was one of the things that John Kingston wrote about was that it seems like every single booth had a recruiter there looking to pick up the season's freshest talent, basically like NFL draft day, but, you know, not quite as big of a spectacle as the draft. Oh, it 100% looked exactly like how he described it. It's There was, I mean, we're talking one, two, three, at least four hangers worth of booths and four – Four of those hangers are full of trucking companies that were literally just looking for drivers. And, um, you know, all of them have that same type of messaging where it's, you know, here are benefits, here are your bonuses, here's your um, uh, upfront fees. It was really interesting to kind of see them all in this environment looking to recruit, especially as we're seeing volume at this time starting to drop. So um, it was, it's, it's interesting too, because there was a lot of manufacturers there. So there's also companies like he, Sherwin that he wrote about that were looking for company drivers. And then there's also, you know, asset-based companies as well. So uh, it's interesting environment and really excited to see, you know, we don't always get to talk about the trucks that are, that really are professional and, and true to the craft. And you get to see these companies come in with their absolute beautiful trucks that their whole company comes together to put t- together and clean up and take care of. And um, it's just a whole different atmosphere than I personally am used to when, when talking with others about trucking in general. Yeah. And then Clarissa, she put up a really, really interesting piece about the truck parking issue, which, of course, when you have drivers there, when you've got companies there, those issues are going to come really front to mind, specifically with comments about the FMCSA acting administrator right now, Robin Hutchinson, who said that it's top of priority for the FMCSA, which is refreshing to hear, I think, especially after groups like OIDA have spent tireless amounts of time advocating for these truck parking spots. You know what, Kaylee, and I've 
I realized until I, I didn't realize until this weekend how bad of a problem this was. Like, I guess like Michigan must have really good a good parking <laughs> structure for uh, carriers because I started going through Indiana. I actually drove to the event mm-hmm. and I left late at night and I'm I'm driving through Indiana between like eleven and, and one o'clock and. I started seeing around midnight just every single exit I passed. I'm talking at least four trucks on each end of the exit parked. And it really confused me at first because I've never seen that before. And then I reached out to some of my trucking friends. I'm like, what is this just because of mats? And no, that's how a lot of these states, they have nowhere for these guys to park. So they literally just park in the shoulder of the exits, put their lights on, call it a night. And it's, it's honestly terrifying and it looks extremely dangerous. And at first I thought maybe there were just a huge convoy that was following each other. Then I realized after like the, the sixth exit that I saw it at that, no, there's just nowhere for these guys to go. And to think that, you know, these drivers are spending their nights on the shoulder of, of the highway, which is just incredibly dangerous. It is really, really nerve wracking. So um, her article really touches on the problems that they have. And um, she talked to um, one of the drivers for she trucking and, and they had, you know, just gotten their, their truck uh, uh, towed while parking and somewhere where she was allowed to park. So it's like, you know, even when they find somewhere to park, they, they can't really find a solution for it. So um, it's great that the government is really starting to look at it and take it seriously um, as part of their infrastructure. So it was great to see all of the content that came out of you guys and especially your new radio show on Road Dog Network, which we'll talk about at the end of our show today. So head to FreightWaves.com and go read those articles from Clarissa and John Kingston. If you haven't had a chance to catch up on their experience at the Mid-America Trucking Show from last week. Grace, should we welcome our guests right now? Should we dig into that a little bit? I think so. <laughs> it's about time. We've been talking about truckers so much. We should start talking about a different part of this industry. Am I right? <laughs> Absolutely. So we're going to welcome a very special guest from Their Star Alliance. We have Radu Bogdanol, who is the company president there. And this company is really interesting because they started out in Canada. They're really specialized in the brokerage space. But you guys have a really interesting arm in finance and in freight and kind of everything now all across North America. So, Radu, thank you for joining us today on Great Quarter Gals. It's great to have you. Thank you for having me. So, as we mentioned, you guys started off as a Canadian company. Um, let's get a little bit of background about what you guys do at Varistar Alliance. Well, the Varistar Alliance, we're a freight brokerage company. We're a fresh and unique company, as you said. We're based in both Canada and the United States, and, uh, and we're a young and eager team. Um, and just by being on both sides of the border, we can tackle we can tackle the markets head on. Um, I heard about some of the issues that you guys were mentioning about the shortage of trucks, uh, shortages of drivers, shortages of uh, parking spots. These were issues that uh, the trucking industry has been facing for quite a few years, not uh, not just recently. Recently, it's been. The uh, trucking industry has been gaining more attention just because it's such a vital service that they're providing. But uh, um, that's where companies like Barstar Alliance and brokerage companies uh, come to effect. Um, companies that invest a lot into software, companies that keep uh, keep close connections with uh, with companies, with trucking companies, companies that uh, uh, that get paid properly, don't leave uh, good brokers. And we, we were happy to uh, to see a 
quite a bit of a growth in the last few years. So we must be doing something right. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, why do you think that this market right now is so supportive of brokers? And why are why do we see brokers um, doing such great growth during this this specific time? Well, the market it's it's disorganized that we've had so many so many challenges and and everybody's running to uh, is running to every helpline that, that that shippers can get I'm talking about shippers right now and brokers uh, have a lot more experience in in the industry and and they spend more time on and and understanding the market so yes that's why that's why brokerage companies said they they've seen some increases and obviously by by putting in the extra work um, the shortage in trucks happened happened for quite a few years, but recently, just uh, just because of COVID, uh, just because companies couldn't get couldn't get their hands on on trucks, uh, they were able they they lost drivers. That's why that's why we see a lot of the uh, a lot of the uh, uh, trucking companies looking for for truck for drivers uh, right now. But that's uh, that's changing. That's slowly changing. And so right now we know that this hot market is something that isn't sustainable, right? It can't, can't last forever. Our very own CEO and founder, Craig Fuller, has now started talking about the trucking bloodbath of 2019, in his words, and how there's another one that's coming. We're standing on the cusp of potential kind of glut to the industry looking forward. Can you talk a little bit about how long you think that this hot market can last, both in the eyes of, of the carriers and the brokers themselves? Because both, both parties are doing, still doing pretty well. Well, I can't really predict, and I, I don't think anybody can can really predict how long this will last. This definitely it's not sustainable by by the shippers. These prices that shippers are paying um, are are way too high, and definitely it's something's going to have to give. I'm not sure how long that's going to be, but I would think based on based on the number of trucks that are being delivered, based on uh, on the uh, fuel rates, based on the market itself. I, I would say that it wouldn't last more than the end of the year, but I could be wrong. Now we're experiencing inflation here in the United States. And I'm wondering from your end in Canada, how are you, are you, are you seeing the same issue with rising costs uh, when you're going to the grocery store in Canada? Are you, are you affected by the same pressures that we're seeing here today in the U S for sure, but Canadian and American markets are so interconnected that we usually deal with the same issues. And and when it comes to when it comes to pricing, we have the exact same same issue. Looking at the inflation rate that Canada posted in the month of February was five point seven percent, but uh, they they excluded a few key factors. And one of the the, the major factor that that was excluded was the the, the price of gasoline. And, and the price of gasoline increased by 32.3% in, in the month of February in Canada. So yes, inflation is through the roof, but, but the banks are started tackling this issue by increasing interest rates. That's something that has come up in the United States as well. We had our Federal Reserve just pass an increase, interest rate increase earlier this month. And I think that it's it's kind of wearing on the American citizen and on the American consumer 
just in generally. And we know that a lot of changes in the freight markets will have to come on the heels of consumers changing their buying behavior. The last two years, they've been flush with cash from staying home, from stimulus packages, from more money being pumped into the economy by jobs paying higher wages, that a lot of the consumer has just been spend, spend, spend. That has a lot been a driving factor in a lot of this hot market as well. Are you guys seeing that reflected in the way that the Canadian economy is functioning right now as well? Or has there been a little bit more restraint throughout the pandemic with the Canadian consumer compared to the American consumer? Over here, just like it happened in the United States, uh, as I said, uh, the Canadian market seems to follow steps. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're dealing with the, with the exact same, same issues. So we're seeing a, a lot of brokers starting to invest in their overall solutions for clients, right? Becoming more than just a provider of, uh, of a truckload here and there, but giving them more services when it comes to possibly customs, international um, uh, needs, global services, even down to um uh, creating some type of in-house technology to improve their their services. Has has Varstar focused any of their attention on that recently? And what are they? What are you hoping to maybe bring to your clients more in twenty twenty two? Twenty twenty two, we're hoping to see a lot more transparency, and I think this is one of the, one of the things that this industry is headed towards. I think uh, the good brokers will. Uh, will last just by being transparent because this is definitely a, a very unique and delicate situation. Uh, shippers in general are definitely paying uh, are paying uh, a lot more and then and then a company like ours we're investing so much more into into automation software automation we're investing the, we're investing a lot more into uh, into technology just to make sure that uh, that we're making our services as reliable, as fast, and and the customer can come back to us. So I'm interested to hear a little bit about your perspective of the automation standpoint and kind of how it relates to provide moving your brokerage forward, but also still providing a really high quality service when it comes to the human relationship aspect between a broker and their client. Uh, we know that automation and getting things done in a timely manner and kind of cutting off the excess is important to doing business. Faster business means more money, yada, yada, yada. We've heard it all before. But then client relations can kind of suffer and get lost in translation when you're focused on doing things quickly instead of doing them well. How are you guys working to build out that customer quality still and keep that alive while still making strides moving forward as a business? Once the service that we're providing adds value to the customers, to the customer's need, then then the customer is gonna is gonna want to eliminate some of the unnecessary personal interaction. It's, it's great to have the personal interaction with the, with the customer. And, but then the customer needs to focus on moving or on doing their business. The freight, the, the freight brokerage companies, that, that's why we, special, we specialize in just moving freight, taking, taking some of their pressure off their plate. So definitely by investing into technology helps quite a lot. 
As you're working with your your reps and um, you're uh, talking with shippers, right? And of course, costs are all over the place, um, and you're you're offering more of a service. So I'm sure your your customers are happy about that. How what type of responses are they hearing from shippers? Are shippers already expecting rates to, to start falling as they're hearing news of volume decreasing and just rates in general falling, or are shippers becoming maybe a little bit smarter and, and raising their contract rates. Like what, what are you hearing? What are your reps hearing directly from the markets that you're working in? Definitely rates have been going up. We've been trying to avoid the increases, but unfortunately in order to be fair to both yeah. the, uh, to both the uh, truck and the customer rates had to go up in order to be able to provide the service and get the trucks. We had to, we had to increase rates. Yes. Uh, some, some of the customers are concerned about the fact that, that the rates are a lot higher. We've noticed the American market cooled down a little bit. Rates came down a little bit in the, in the last month. Places like California, we see that the market uh, dropped uh, quite a bit. But on the Canadian market, the rates didn't increase until, until about four months ago. Uh, United States uh, experienced an increase in rates uh, about six months to a year uh, prior to the Canadian market being so hot. Right now, Canada, it's, it's a very hot market. And, uh, and this is the number one concern to, that most shippers have, not being able to cover their freight and the, and the uh, high rates that they're paying. So when we're looking at things going on in Canada, we can't help but talk about what goes on at the port, specifically thinking the port of Vancouver, which is one of the busiest ports for you guys. And they've had some pretty big setbacks this last year. And when we were talking about the possibility of a shutdown with Canadian Pacific, that was also on their minds. And so it's not just the United States that sees issues with the volatility from really kind of all sides, from port operations, from weather, from labor negotiations. Can you talk a little bit about how shippers in the broader Canadian market are kind of taking a look at their strategy when it comes to looking at anomalous events and then reevaluating their shipping strategy or maybe really reevaluating just their transportation strategy as a whole to kind of account for these more anomalous events as they become more frequent? Well, right now, the industry is lacking a little bit of the basics. Well, there's a shortage of trucks, which, which I think we're going to overcome. We're going to start overcoming that shortage by the end of the year because, uh, because uh, some, of, some of the manufacturers, they started delivering uh, equipment. And uh, I'm saying that by the end of the year, we should see, I, I think we're going to see a bit of an excess when it comes to equipment because uh, most most trucking companies, they've been placing excess orders of both trucks and trailers just because of the uh, of the demand in the market. But was that a true demand or, or was that just created by the fact that we had a huge shortage and we've had delays in, in, in building equipment and obviously COVID? The, uh, I can tell you that the Canadian market experienced, uh, experienced uh, quite, a few, uh, quite a few issues from the port issues that you mentioned before from the uh, border closures uh, that we've had uh, just a, a month and a half ago, from, from the uh, protests that, uh, that we've had in Ottawa that, uh, that caused disruptions uh, over here. So everything was working against, against the trucking industry. But slowly it seems that, that everything is coming to, it's coming to a normal. 
and it's going to take a little bit of time, but uh, I think we're headed in the right direction, mind you, except for the fuel prices and everything that's through the roof. Right. There's only so much we can control. Right. And that's what's great about being a broker is you're right there to, to middleman the whole situation. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate your time. And where can people learn more about Varstar Alliance as well? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Oh, yeah. Where can uh, our listeners learn more about Varstar? Well, you can go to our website. You can follow us on Facebook. And uh, yeah. We're we're gonna we're getting bigger, so you're gonna see more and more of us. All right, Ready. Thank you hear. so much again for joining us, and we'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you for your time. So head to their website and give them a follow on LinkedIn as well. I checked out their Varstar Alliance LinkedIn profile before this interview today. Always great to see a great company profile as well. And. Grace, I think that was a good way to kind of wrap up our month of March. I know that I kind of want to take a step back and oh, recap yeah. our episodes this month because we started off with Women's History Month and now we're to the end of it. And I think the first three episodes were just so good hitting on the head, specifically our one mm-hmm. for International Women's Day that I just want to go back and revisit that again. <laughs> Yeah, uh, everyone go back or listen to that wherever you you check out Great Quarter Gals. It's a really great episode. And I think that, wow, this month went by so fast. I can't believe it's already done. It's, uh, But, you know, the, here's the thing. It's just like, uh, just like how we celebrate in February for Black History Month. Um, these challenges bringing minority uh, groups into the light takes more than just a month. So mm-hmm. um, make sure that teams out there are considering how they are um, creating an inclusive environment within their organization every single day of the year, not just these few days. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about your show, uh, Drive Time, on the Road Dog Network on Sirius. That's channel 146. You did some live episodes from the floor of the Maths Conference last week. How did that go? <laughs> Oh man. Uh, you know, I will admit I missed my first ad read because I was incredibly like anxious and excited and nervous, but you know what? I got to meet, I've been a fan of the road dog channel for a while now. I got to meet everyone that's on there. Uh, Dave Nemo is a radio legend and everyone was just so incredibly nice and welcoming and happy that freight waves is back on air. It's, you know, it's special content that every single one of the hosts said that they are really excited to see back on. You know, we report every, Everything that happens in this industry and they were all pumped to see that you know we're back on bringing the news to the radio waves and and letting everyone know what's happening on a daily basis and um, you're going to see some some work between me and Nemo together to bring some more freight waves news to the channel throughout the day uh, but it was just really great to meet everyone in person meet the people at Sirius as well and and our listeners you know there was actually like fans there that wanted to say hi and had already been listening to the show and it, I think that was really great to just kind of meet our quote-unquote f- fans like face-to-face <laughs> and and hear what they had to say about the show so that was really really cool real life fangirling for gray sharky on drive time i love it <laughs> i know i was like fangirling over that or <laughs> so funny and then i i had a really fun interview with convoy uh from grant goodall as well came and joined me for uh friday and that episode was just so much fun we spent almost like the whole day together just enjoying the conference so it was cool to like just hang out on stage and and get to know one one another a little bit more as well 
Perfect. So catch that on Sirius XM channel 146. Drive time is 5 to 7 o'clock Eastern. Yes. <laughs> hey, I think you're traveling soon, though, aren't you? I am. So next week, it'll be Great Quarter Grace again, because unfortunately, I will be in an airplane 30,000 feet somewhere probably above the Western United States, headed to TIA conference in San Diego. And I've got to say, this is my first stint of corporate travel. And I am so excited, not only to corporate travel, but also to go meet so many of the awesome people that we talk to here on FreightWaves now all the time. Thinking about Ann Rinke, thinking about the entire crew from Metaphora. Caroline Lyle's going to be there. We're already set up to connect. So there's going to be some really interesting stuff coming out of content from the TIA conference. And hopefully it'll be a pretty good precursor to what our live event coverage is going to look like for the future of supply chain coming up in May as well. Oh, yeah. That's the best part about going to these events is like, especially now that they're in person, you're going to get to meet so many people that are um, loving what we do. And, and they're, of course, you know, are all planning on coming to our event as well in, in Arkansas, which is like not that far away. I keep looking at my calendar and I'm like, I'm going to have to get on a plane again in about a month. So uh, I just can't wait. That event is going to be so great. And I was looking at the list of uh, demoers and uh, guests already, and it's it's going to be a freight party. I'm pumped to, to really uh, enjoy the day down in Arkansas. <laughs> Absolutely. I think our countdown timer out in the lobby here at Freight Waves is down under 40 days. So go get your tickets right now. That's on live.freightwaves.com. You want to still hit up that March Madness special before it's over. And that does it for us today. We're done here so quickly. Thank you guys for watching us on this Tuesday. Grace will talk to you on Freight Waves now tomorrow morning. And we'll see you guys next week right here at 3 o'clock. One, two, three, go! Yeah.